This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Mercy Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Erin Gentry, and I'm joined here with Dr. Brooke Keels and Rachel Thomas. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Dr. Brooke. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Brooke Keels. You sound so good. Yeah. It's important for this episode. It's important. Uh, If you were with us last week, then you know that we just kicked off a series focused on mental health for all of May. It's National Mental Health Awareness Month. We're talk. We're taking some time to really focus on a topic that we deal with daily here at Mercy, and we'll talk about why we believe this conversation is so important. Last week, we talked about the important role of our spiritual lives uh, in the mental health journey and why we believe they can and should exist together. Today, we wanted to talk about overcoming stigmas and fears in order to get the help we need in our mental health journey. And it's no secret that there are many stigmas surrounding mental health. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there are. <laughs> You're like, maybe it feels obvious. There's tons of stigmas um, agree, uh, around this subject, even with other people that we have, or other people, or even with ourselves involving mm-hmm. this area for fear of what people might think of us. And I'm a super guilty party here. I'm very aware of how I want to come off to myself, one. Mm-hmm but also how I want to come off to others. So to kick us off, let's make sure we're all on the same page with the definition of what a stigma is. Um, The dictionary defines this as a mark of disgrace associated with a particular circumstance, quality, or person. That's pretty heavy. I'm going to say it one more time. The dictionary defines a stigma as a mark of disgrace associated with a particular circumstance, quality, or person. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's... (laughs) That's what it is. I mean, that, you know, when we use a word so often, like it loses its meaning. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like stigma is either overused or not used appropriately a lot of the time. But, you know, we do live in a world where we like to label things and then fit you into that label. That's so true. Like whatever it is, right? I am this, I do this, I work here, you know, like whatever, you know, I'm an engineer, I'm a lawyer, I'm counselor, you know, whatever the thing is. And so, you know, especially with mental health, I mean, I see a a spectrum of things. You have people that, you know, let's say they're diagnosed um, with depression and they like own that, like it is, this is who I am. Like they'll kind of, you know, fall into that. Or you have people that, you know, maybe you're struggling with depression and and kind of what you mentioned, Erin, they don't want people to think poorly of them or don't want people to, you know, judge them. And so they don't deal with it, don't, um, intervene. Um, and so, you know, and then you have, I mean, gosh, again, like I I know I've said this a lot, like, I'm so glad I'm not on social media for people Mm -hmm. to have comments about anybody's life or (laughs) mental health journey. Like people can be incredibly mean. Um, you know, and even in the profession, you have people who think, well, if someone is, Sorry, guys, we have our new you should show uh, puppy with he's us so today. So we've been talking about him for a while. He's here. <laughs> he is, and he's a darling. He's, he's loud. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry for that. Um, anyway, 
And so, you know, but you have professionals who are like, well, if someone is diagnosed with, I'll stick with depression, then they'll just always struggle with that. There's nothing, they're never going to be better, you know, or if they have, you know, uh, borderline personality disorder, well, then they will never have healthy relationships or you will always deal with this, you know, and there's kind of a, a, you know, to lighten it a little bit, a doom and gloom um, uh, mentality sometimes with, within the profession, psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, that sort of thing. And so even with that, like as a, as a, as a, as a counselor, like you have to fight putting people in a box and deciding who they are based off of their diagnosis. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, every, every label has a set of what we assume it is right. Like mm-hmm. if you are a lawyer, well then you must really like litigation or you must really like reading all the time or, yeah. <clears throat> you know, whatever thing that we make up in our heads after watching the firm, I don't know, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> Yes. But it's the same thing, right? So, well, you have people who haven't experienced a lot with mental health. And so they'll be like, well, my cousin had that a long time ago and then they committed suicide. So it must be mm-hmm. everybody who struggles with depression is going to struggle with suicide or whatever. Yeah. So we yeah. just decide what we decide based off our experience or mm-hmm. what we've read um, and or how it fits our needs and mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, so anyway, so there's a lot of stuff in that, but that was kind of a spectrum. Sorry. No, that's good. And I'll hop on the bandwagon and say the part that I feel like I'm qualified to speak about. And that is passing along bad information. (laughs) And and not, and not intentionally. I think what you said was interesting, you know, that we, we have experiences maybe with somebody who has had um, a struggle with a mental illness in a certain, you know, spectrum or category. And so we don't know a lot about it, but we know of it. And so then when we encounter somebody else with that, we just automatically assume it's the same thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Or my personal favorite, because I have been humbled many times by doing this. Um, But, you know, you read an article somewhere or, you know, you listen to a podcast or read a book even, um, you know, and think, well, okay, I know about that. You know, I read my Psychology Today article on, you know, dealing with, (laughs) with, anyways, not that I did that, but um, maybe. Anyways, so all this, what I'm really trying to say is I think sometimes we can come into this, um, you know, we can come into this scenario and instead of humbly just going, I actually don't know, or actually, you know, um, coming in and asking kind questions, you know, and of course not like out of place, but, but being curious in the sense of saying like, I actually don't know, would you teach me? Would you, mm-hmm. would you educate me? Um, we, we kind of assume that we do. And that can really not only just hurt us, but that can hurt our friends and family. And I guess us too, if we're the ones struggling with, with something. Um, and at Mercy, we, we say this all the time in Empower, but referral is not failure. So instead of finding somebody who actually knows what they're talking about, who's been trained, who's been licensed, who's a professional, um, we go off our past experiences or a few materials we've read, or even maybe some friends that say they've read a few more materials and that's whatever. And then we fail to get those other people um, help because we think, man, if I'm having to refer them to somebody, I failed at helping them because I can't help them. Um, right. and I'm just learning that that's so not true. Like you are actually doing more help 
by walking with them to find help than you trying to help them in ways you don't really know how to. I think what you said is really good because here's the thing, most people, even if they're dealing with stigmas, professionals, you know, professionals wanting to stick to a label, someone dealing with their own selves or you like I've experienced so I automatically know what you're experiencing. You know, that's, it's all it's all out of a desire to understand what they're dealing with better, mm. right? So so that's the heart behind it. And so, yeah, so the tendency can be if you're the helper, that you're like, let me try and learn everything I can. Yes. So I help because it must be me that helps you because you came to me instead yeah. of what you said, which, what the, one of the things we train in Empower is, like know know your role and I mean yeah. that in a respectful way not in a rude way that I sometimes yeah. say to people. um but <laughs> the in the way of like oh okay I, you're struggling with that let me be curious and love on you well like let me help me understand and then let me get you to somebody who can really support you like you don't have to become mm-hmm. an expert in that moment yes. so anyway yeah. sorry Aaron go ahead no, no I'm just gonna stack on to that Brooke I think for me too I can fall into this category like I was talking about earlier you know whether if it's for yourself and so my desire to help somebody can sometimes be for the wrong motivation we also talk about that it can be for the wrong reason I want to appear that I have the right information mm. that I can help you yeah because I don't want to sit in that disappointing moment that feels disappointing to say hey I'm actually not the right person mm-hmm. hey there's actually, you're going to need more than what I can offer you. And that feels like, it feels like I'm saying, I can't help like you, yeah. I can't help you. But the truth is right. I'm saying, I can help you by telling you to be, to go to this person. Yeah. Right. By yeah. kind of advocating. You're right. And it's really not, honestly, Erin, I mean, I know what you're saying when you say that. We say, um, you need more, but really it's just different. I mean, different. What, good. what you offer as a friend or a loved one is just as impactful as what a professional will offer it's just different and you need you need all of it like that's why you know if we talk about the body of Christ right everybody has a role and and as a as a as a family you know if you will like you let people do their job you do your job and what you know you're called to do um you know and and let every you know everybody who has has taken the time to 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 be an expert in that area or whatever back you guys up you know so I I really I I never see it as and I think that's important because I mean even as somebody just because I mean so people call me all the time that are my friends and they're like tell me about all the mental health things and I'm like I I can tell you but I'm your friend so I can't help you the way I would help Uh, somebody who's my client right so even in that I find myself in those situations like I can support you this way I can't support you that way but it is very much a blessing to be able to know but I can tell you three counselors who can you know yeah (laughs) and we can connect with them and 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 that's something I really value and as I have valued that more not having all the answers because I do um tend to want to know everything all the time um (laughs) you know you get humbled in life uh that that it's it's actually because people are just like oh okay great like they just want to know you know, and when we yes. take it on ourselves and it's not our place, then they're like, well, that wasn't helpful at all. It may feel good <laughs> in that moment, but at the right. end, it's not going to end well. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they're That's like, why did you tell me that? Because it feels work. good in the moment. And I think even what you're talking about, Brooke, that sounds like what we talk about with coordinated care, that yeah. you need those multiple points of contact. So, That's okay. Good. Yeah. Here we go. Well, let's turn the ship here. Yeah, turn let's turn the it. Ship I'll stop. Here a bit. No, it was me. 
this is good stuff. We're going to talk okay. about some of, let's, let's turn the ship and talk about some common stigmas mm. that we were talking about earlier surrounding mental health issues today. And Brooke, I'm pointing it right back at you. What are yeah. a few common misunderstandings people have about mental health in general, and maybe um, even some things portrayed in pop culture that simply aren't true? Oh, gosh. I mean, (laughs) pretty much anything you see on TV or movies when you're talking about any sort of mental health (laughs) thing is just not true. It's not it's not real. I'm not saying there aren't aspects of it. I mean, and I think we have to understand that. Let's just start with pop culture, um, TV, movies, that sort of thing. You know, number one, I mean, they're supposed to be sensationalized. So for us to expect, you know, that it's going to be a a great representation of, of someone's mental health struggle. It's just not. Now, some of them are better than others, you know, and all that, but here's the thing. Every single person, if I saw a hundred clients a week and every single one of them came in and said, I have depression, Mm -hmm. that would mean something different for every single one of them. And so we, we cannot generalize these diagnoses, um, you know, and so it just is what it is. Like, so different people struggle with different things, different professionals, even though we have a set criteria, they may be like, well, we don't know what's going on. We're going to give you this label. And so, you know, we have that a lot at Mercy, right? Because a lot of our young women have gone to a lot of treatment centers, have gone to a ton of counselors, no one can figure out what's going on. And so they just kind of label the heck out of them like that's mm-hmm. going to help something. And they are trying to help. I don't want to be disrespectful. But at the end of the day, every single resident may be diagnosed with depression and anxiety, but that executes itself behaviorally completely different mm. for every single person. Because you're talking about most, you know, most depression or anxiety is coming from a trauma history and different experiences and what we believe about ourselves Mm -hmm. and the the agreements that we make, you know, out of, out of unhealth. And so, so if you can, I mean, that is a very complex thing. So I think just in and of itself, we have to evaluate what we believe about mental health. What does that really mean? Mm -hmm. You know, do we think every time we hear mental health, does it make us uncomfortable? Or we like, well, if I'm, if I take care of my mental health, does that mean my mental health is messed up? You understand, like we talked about, I think last week, Rachel, um, the spirit, mind, body thing, like Mm -hmm. is all connected and we can't treat them separately. They all need to be healthy. Like the whole thing. Hey guys, Rachel here. We're going to get back into some more practical tools in just a second. But for a minute, I wanted to remind you that If you know of somebody who needs to hear this message of hope and peace found only in Jesus, you can share it with them, whether on Facebook, Instagram, through text message, however it works best for you. Social distancing does not have to disconnect us. We'd also love to hear from you in the coming weeks. So if you have specific questions or topics you'd like to hear us cover during this COVID-19 crisis, we're going to stay fluid and flexible and break away from our normally scheduled series. So send us a message at mercytalk at mercymultiplied.com. And finally, I'm sure you already know, but Mercy Talk is a donor-funded podcast. So if you're able to give in this turbulent time, you can do so by going online at mercymultiplied.com. This not only helps us to continue sharing free content and resources like this, but helps us to share the message of hope and healing found only in Jesus Christ with those in our residential counseling program. I cannot tell you, and it's usually men, and and that's okay. It really is, because most of the time men are like, I need to be good. 
I don't have time to not be good. I need to take yeah. care of my family. And yeah. I deeply respect that. But the stigma of understanding that being good is it's okay to go to counseling and I can yes. help you be good. Like yeah, I can yeah. help you do that. Um, you know, and I'm proud to say I've never had a dude come to counseling <laughs> and like, at the end of it. This was a waste of time. Right. But it's kind of yeah. that first step and being like, okay, this is what that is, you know? Yeah. And uh, so anyway, and the stigma we put on ourselves, like yes. a lot of time we don't feel like we have the luxury to, to not be okay. I mean, kind of, I think women do that as well. Don't get me wrong. They really do. They're just more apt to seek help and, and, mm. and respect that more than a man necessarily yeah. would overall. But I think that's changing. I do. Mm, I think yeah. we're, you know, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to Mercy Talk, their lives are changed forever. Going, okay. right. <laughs> going to go, they're right. like, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, Mercy no. Talk's good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's so good. I, I, okay. So on that same note, Brooke, you kind of set that up yeah. for um, with stigmas for ourselves, but what about, I guess let's talk more or less fears we have, um, for ourselves and reaching out and getting help. Like what are some things that you find people are going, you know, you kind of mentioned like, I don't have time. I don't have time to not be okay. But what Mm -hmm. are some other things that it's like, these weren't a barrier. You think more, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming maybe more people. I mean, I think on a, on a base level, it is the time and the money. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, time and money if with anything. Sure. Right. is the problem and time and money into let me go feel my feelings at a deep level and deal with things I haven't wanted to deal with in a long time. Sure. Right. That's a hard yeah. investment to make sometimes. So that's just kind of mm-hmm. on the surface. But when we're talking about kind of that deeper level of, of addressing mental health issues, a lot of people are afraid they're mm-hmm. afraid of, of what they're going to find. Like, am mm-hmm. I going to be broken? Because there has been a stigma of, well, you are just depressed. Yeah. So there's nothing we can do. Right. And, and, and that is changing, but that has been the message for a long, long time. And so mm-hmm. you're dealing with generations or, you know, people who like, we had a whole generation that was like, you didn't have the luxury of having mental health issues. We were at war. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, we've got the baby, but baby boomers are like, we got to go make some money. Like we need <laughs> to have some stability, right? you know, and then you've got their kids and that, and then millennials and the, you know, we got all this stuff. And so, you know, I think that one, it's generationally looking at what we as a culture think about mental health and, yeah. and assessing how many of those things have we agreed with. And then two, you know, the fear that, that something is going to be found out. Yeah. Or I have to share. I mean, some people say it's a trust thing. I will find the most I have found. This is a personal, personal thing. So I'm not saying any statistics on this, that most people that come in and go, I just haven't trusted anyone and they come in. They're the ones that will quickly go. It's a fear of being judged. Right. That is this counselor going to look at me and say, you're too much. Yes. This is too much. Or are they going to disqualify and be like, because a lot we we hear that all of the time well, I'm not bad enough to come to mercy. And, mm-hmm. and my response is if you are not living free every day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have a place at mercy. Yeah. If you're within our age range and a female, but right. do you know what I mean? Like, so, but to say that like, I'm not bad enough to go to counseling, it doesn't have to be because mm-hmm. the world's falling apart. It can just yeah. be, you know what? I don't feel like I'm communicating really well with my friends or my family or my kids or I'm noticing some weird things are coming up. Like I get really upset when this TV show comes on. Like what's that kind of about? I mean, 
you know, or I would like to, to, I'm in a new leadership position. I want to understand mm-hmm. how to be a better communicator or a better leader or better, you know, new mom, new dad, like all, I mean, there's all these life events or things that happen that we think we just have to figure out on our own. Yeah. And we, and we don't. And and then there can be fear with, well, if I am diagnosed with something, is this going to prevent me from being successful? So we want to white knuckle it, make it go away. Yeah. Yeah. Or then it becomes an excuse. I've worked with a lot of people too. They're like, well, I can't do that because I am X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And so that's a whole other, you know, so we, ha- I mean, you have a spectrum yeah. um, of things. And I think too, that becomes a hopeless place. Well, I was told that this can't get better. So why would I come and Ooh, continue yeah. to work on it? Yeah, man. You know, yeah. so again, a lot of words. Sorry. No, that's, <laughs> no. No, that's, re- that's really, really good. I mean, I'm just going to even double in on that, not to move us on too fast and just ask Brooke, whenever somebody is considering, Hey, maybe, maybe I'm fitting into those things that, that Brooke just said, um, those categories, when they take that step to go to counseling, what does that look like? Do they have to know why they're there? Like I am here because this major thing is happening with me. Or what does that look like initially to talk with somebody about entering into a counseling relationship? Yeah, that's really good. No, I mean, if you have a counselor worth their weight, okay, the, I mean, that's our job. We are trained to to create what, what well, I didn't call it this. This is, um, this is uh, from the MRI group in Palo Alto. No one will care that I said that, but it is important to me that I did. Anyway, <laughs> but a, co- a co-created problem definition, right? So somebody comes to counseling. It is our job. This is what we are trained to do to go, okay, well, let's, let's figure this out together, right? It is my job to go. So I hear you saying this, like, so is that what you're the struggle? Or maybe somebody comes in with a list of things and we're going to list those things out. And then I'm going to go, okay, which one of these is, is the most important right now? Right. So it is our job as a counselor to understand and know how to help someone come up with their problem definition, if you will. Sure. And then intervene, you know, figure out how to intervene with them. Yes. Um, and so it can just be a very basic thing. I, you know, I went through a season of like, I just feel sad and I, mm-hmm. and I don't feel sad guys. That is not something I usually struggle with. I was like, this is weird. And when it went on for a few weeks, I was like, eh, okay, I think I need to, <laughs> you know, and I went and we just kind of talked through some things and I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm at a place where I'm processing some stuff I've never been able to process before. Oh, wow. That's good. That was it. I mean, and I'm like, great, <laughs> you know, process some things out and did that. But you know, sometimes we cannot be objective in our own lives. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so when you have this third party come in and help kind of ask those questions and see patterns or whatever, and it kind of, it helps you get there. Oh, that's what's going on. And really that's all I needed. Help me do that. Started dealing with some stuff with the Lord. Good to go. You that's know, good. until the next time I might feel sad 30 years from now. I don't know. <laughs> That is so good. Thank you so much for for just answering that. I think that's Mm -hmm. something that's been a question on my mind, and I'm sure anybody who's listening to Mercy Talk, it's like, okay, I think I might be there, but what do I do? What if I don't have a thing? You know, I didn't have this major trauma Mm -hmm. in my life that I need to process. I don't, but I just need to come. So we'll go ahead and and turn to the the last question we're going to interrogate Brooke Keels with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's a good one. Um, Historically, uh, as a whole, we've seen the church be maybe less than helpful in engaging mental health. So why do you think that is, Brooke? And do you see this beginning to change and how? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We have talked about this a lot. There are, there are other podcasts just specifically to this, so I, I won't get too far into it. But, I mean, traditionally, like, the church has wanted to have, I mean, they want to have the answers for everything. And I mean this respectfully, but I think it comes out of a place of insecurity. We have yeah, to trust that the Lord, yeah, the, we have to trust that the Lord can handle it and that we can say, I don't know, but let's go talk to him about it yeah, <laughs> and yeah. figure it out. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I think there's this idea, you know, too, there's kind of that pull them up by their bootstraps kind of mm-hmm. thing, which I am respectfully all about, like get it together. But I think that, um, you know, the church, there, so there's this idea mm-hmm. of things didn't get better. Well, it must be kind of shifting back into that temptation of legalism, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it must be because you're not trying hard enough you're not praying enough you're not right and then you're just like oh i'm broken i can't do anything right i mean if you can imagine that it just shifts back into um you know kind of the law and grace kind of thing and that is not a theological discussion i will have today but that's (laughs) kind of that's kind of where it lands you know and so i think too there was an idea of of science has rejected us we will reject science i mean i think Mm -hmm. there's kind of been a little bit of that historically and and you know, we can just get into a whole lot of things there. But but what I can say, and, and part of this, I think, is being at mercy. I am so thankful to see how I believe the church is shifting. I believe yeah. that there, there are people. So, I mean, we can pick out things like Freedom Prayer and Sozo that, that <coughs> are so honest about this is what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we are not here to be counselors. Counselors do this. Like even yes. the church just being able to understand and um, communicate the difference in the different support you can get. That's good. Right. So there are times and, and I'm going to keep using myself and well, I'll say others too. There are times when I'm like, Hey man, you need to go do a freedom prayer session. And I'll say that to myself. <laughs> and you need to go see a counselor. Mm-hmm. And those are, di- sometimes you don't know the difference, but when we all can define that well, when I as a counselor understand that, when the freedom prayer people understand that, yeah. then we, you know, when our, when we as a community understand the difference, for example, that's how we help people get the support they need, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I do think it's, it's shifting. I know mercy has worked very hard to help that. And I think at the end of the day, the heart of the church, you know, big C church is to help people is to Mm -hmm. lead them to Christ. Um, but it's also, you know, being, being a movement that, that can hear the voice of the Lord and go, okay, if we're not meeting a need, then that's not what the Lord, like we're here to meet needs. Mm -hmm. So if we're not meeting, we need to pray into that and figure out why this isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think, and, and that's what I think overall is happening, you know, and I think we yeah. have some major leaders in that that have loud voices and I'm thankful for that, you know, but at the end of the day too, you can have the best counselor in the world, but if you are not walking in community, if you are not spending time in worship with the Lord, if you are not praying through these things, right. Freedom yeah. is not what's going to be on the other end of that. Sure. That's so good. that it's not one or the other. You have to know the role. And even I would say to somebody who has done Sozo or Freedom Prayer, like I have, and you think, yeah. well, this is good. This is the answer. No, it's something different, but it also is a testimony to third party help. And that's mm-hmm. what a counselor is in the mental health arena. That's it's right. third party help and it's very yeah. effective. Yeah. That's right. That's so good. That's yeah. so good about knowing your role. But anyway, just a good reminder. And like you said, Brooke, you know, body, mind, heart, spirit, soul, like, the whole thing being healthy, not just segregated sections and forgetting about, um, you know, the other parts. And I think this too is just a good reminder that, you know, in our um, encounters with with our friends and loved ones, 
you know, working through their mental health journey and even ourselves um, to just show that the kindness and compassion that Jesus always showed to those, you know, around him in his day. And of course mm-hmm. today too, but I was reading in the gospels a couple weeks ago and I forgot, I mean, I, anyways, I'll back this up with a story here, but you know, they, they, they had stigmas back then too. It's not just like, Oh, we woke up one day and we were like, Oh God, guess what? Like, Mental health. We've been <laughs> judging each other a long time. I know. This is not a new thing. And um, I was watching this old like BBC you know, show a couple weeks ago and somebody in the movie was born with this like crazy, it was an extreme case of like a hunchback situation. But what kind of took me by surprise was I forgot, you know, they were like, oh man, what kind of sin did you commit to that? Like, made God curse you with this bodily ailment. And I thought, that is horrible. Oh my gosh. But then as we were prepping for this podcast, I started thinking about, you know, just different stigmas that we wrestle with and all of the assumption, even sometimes I would say spiritually, like, oh man, you must have some, you know, thing you're not dealing with with Jesus and that's Mm -hmm. why you can get rid of this. And it might seem more innocent, but it's from the same place. It's from the Mm -hmm. same yucky um, you know, compassionless, you know, judgmental uh, sect that really has nothing to do with what Jesus is about. And I wanted to read this verse in John 9, um, because again, that was such a popular belief back then. And again, still struggle. I think certain groups do with this today, but just that God was punishing you for your sin. If you had some kind of struggle, whether it was mental health, you know, or a physical ailment or ailment or disability, um, But it says this in John 9, 1 through 4. Um, As he went along, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed. As long as it's day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Um, So anyways, just thinking about the way that Jesus responded, that there was no condemnation, that there was love and grace, and that there was really like, I think of this word dignity, um, you know, remembering that we're, we're each made in the image of God, and that Jesus even treats us with that dim- that dignity, that we're created in his image, and that he, he's not sitting there going, oh, you worthless piece of dirt. Like, why don't you have it together? You know, he knows what we're made of, um, better than we do. And so anyways, I don't know, that was a long uh, circle round way of saying that, um, man, we have a God who, who loves us where we are. He doesn't want to leave us there, but he's so, I mean, Brooke, you say this all the time, like he's got so much good. He's got so much good in store for us. And, um, there's just so much more grace, I think, than we can even imagine in going to him and bringing him what we're carrying. So anyways, I'll, uh, I'll hand it up to, to Aaron with some practical points. But Yeah, no, I, I love just talking about that, that, you know, we always want to have a reason. We want to have full mm-hmm. understanding of every situation. And in that mm-hmm. situation, Jesus doesn't provide full understanding. He just says, God's glory is going to be shown. I'm going to do mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. in this. Yes. It doesn't say it has to have a reason. It wasn't because somebody said something happened. I really love that. And um, yeah, as we as we shift to practical takeaways, woo, <laughs> yes. um, 
I want to reflect back on something that Brooke talked about earlier that we answered the question about. Um, she was talking about movies and TVs and how everything that's portrayed about mental health in movies and TVs is not accurate. <laughs> um, but if I'm honest, that's a lot of times where I get my information, not intentionally, but mm-hmm. accidentally. And I know Brooke talks about intentional accidental with relationships, but I want to move that over to information as well. We can be accidental in our relationship mm-hmm. and, and what we understand our information um, as well as these stigmas, they're accidental, but we have them. Yeah. So what we can do right now practically is shift that to being intentional. Yeah. All Mental Health Awareness Month, do this for yourself, send this to other people, mm-hmm. um, let them be aware and intentional of what they believe mm-hmm. about mental health. So we've got two questions um, that we think would be great for you to sit down and ask yourself. Uh, the first one is what kinds of misunderstanding or misinformation has affected the way that you're able to show compassion to those who are struggling with mental health issues or even your own. And again, I'm the biggest one to say, I do not want to work with my own because like Brooke was saying, we're afraid to identify it. Mm -hmm. We're afraid that if we do ask the question, then the answer has to be that we have a major issue we can never escape from. But that is not what we're saying. We're Mm -hmm. saying that you can be walking on a mental health journey and you can get further along on the road and find the healing that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So that is not, you know, I just feeling like saying that. And then the second question, so those misunderstandings, misinformation about health issues, the second one, what kind of fears have prohibited you from seeking the help you need in your own mental health journey? Mm -hmm. And what is one simple step, the second kind of question to that, what's one simple step you could take in asking for help today? And I would say, if you're listening to this podcast, right after this podcast because the faster you act on that first little step mm-hmm. the more likely you are to move forward with it yeah that's yeah. good guys Rick, you got anything else before we close out today any closing thoughts no <clears throat> yeah no i mean i just think um you know i'm excited as always to be talking about this i think it's important um mm-hmm. you know and and two you know we'll talk about this i think next week mm-hmm. um you know, but there's a lot of stuff too that that ideas that we have from our families. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What will my yeah. mom or dad or wife or spouse or you know whatever think? And so just kind of throwing that in there too, like taking the time to in these questions. I think that's really good because um, you're not really asking anybody to do anything. You just said kind of a small step, and I think, but even the consideration of, of what is preventing me seeking, even like if there's a stigma you have about mental health that you mm-hmm. are just kind of like, I'm not willing to let that go. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Like I would kind of, you know, why is that? Like just digging into that a little bit, yeah. um, I think is a really powerful thing um, and just see what the Lord does. So good. So, so good. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, thanks guys for joining us here on Mercy Talk today. And we've got two more weeks left in this discussion on mental health and Brooke kind of hinted at it earlier, but so this next week, we're going to really dive into some stuff dealing with just family of origin, childhood wounds, and talk about um, just God's message of freedom and forgiveness for us and working through all of that. So we'll see you next week here on Mercy Talk. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.